You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, good morning. This is Deacon Paul Trinan. I'm out here at the beautiful... The Abbey of the Hills, and I'm joined with Heather Carroll. And I can't, I couldn't help myself because when he said RPR Network, <laughs> yeah, he sounded kind of like a, a pirate, didn't he? I am such a dork. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it's it's nice to be here. We've got a beautiful show. We've we talked to a young farmer, um, uh, a businessman from the area, experiencing the loss of his father and how that's maybe flowered his faith. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fair to say. Um, uh, ups and downs of, of grief, but at the same time moving closer and closer um, toward a life, a spiritual life of, of of growth. And then we just finished up talking to Father Paul Timmerman um, about a really practical, practical way it. of prayer called the Pirate's Prayer. Well, and if you've missed any of our conversations this first hour, go back. We will post them later today on realpresenceradio.com, where you can also download the app. Yeah where we will post them on there as a podcast. And I have to go back and listen to Father Paul. You know, we do. I think that I just would encourage folks. And, and I, don't know, I know the people that are listening because I'm a listener. And, and I sit there sometimes incorrectly as I'm listening to Real Presence Radio. And I, and I think, am I the only one that doesn't get this? Am I the only <laughs> one that maybe isn't doing this well? <laughs> Or consistently. Well, if you're ever in doubt, add me to the list of not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're all struggling, and we're all trying to lean on each other and, tr- and grow from each other's experiences and mm-hmm. each other's story and each other's advice, really godly advice, and that's what this type of prayer is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a way to communicate with God. Hear Him and to, to well, visit with Him And I love honestly. how Father Paul broke it down. He's like, okay, so this is what God may sound like. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the same for everybody. But a lot of times you hear these broken records of things. Listen to God, listen to God, listen to what he's trying to tell you. And it's like, yeah, but what's that sound like? Mm-hmm. You know? And so to have somebody actually kind of walk you through that was really nice. You know, <laughs> and again, as the director of the Abbey of the Hills Retreat Center, I, I've had Father Paul out here on a couple, like um, some healing prayer and some some different things like that. But uh, as we were off air, I'm going, Father, mm-hmm. this would be a great, great um, avenue for like a day of recollection. Let me know. I'm coming. Or a retreat week. You know, just to dive into this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really appreciative of him. We've got another interesting guest this morning, and his name is Trent Zomer. Good morning, Trent. Good morning. So Trent, um, again, full disclosure, Trent is my son-in-law. And... Uh, I actually approached him about, would you be interested in coming on to the program? He looks thrilled. Ago. A couple of weeks ago, and he uh, he said, let me think about that and ponder it a little bit. And, Did um, you just say yes because he's your father-in-law? You kind of have to. Don't <laughs> Let's, uh, why don't I give you the opportunity for you to tell us about yourself, not me? <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I am born and raised in Australia. I came over to the U.S. in 2010. I went to Northern State University for four years. Um, Whilst at Northern State, I met a lovely young lady, your daughter. (laughs) After graduating, I took her to the other side of the world for 
four years we lived in Australia, had one daughter, got pregnant with the next and came back here and we've been here now for just over two years. Yeah. So how did you make that decision to come back to the U.S.? I would think that would be a hard decision for both of you. It was an easy decision for Hannah and I just kind of lost the argument, really. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, happy life, I think it is. <laughs> All right. So we're getting the pithiness of my son-in-law. <laughs> I want to I wanna back up to a, a, a spot that you just kind of glossed over. So born and raised in Melbourne, Melbourne um, Australia. A city of about six million people. Now, you weren't raised Catholic. No. But you entered the church what year? I was baptized, confirmed in 2014. Having, having gone through RCIA. And that was shortly before you graduated from college. Correct. correct. Yep. Yeah. So you went through the Newman Center and the priest. Father Tom Anderson. Father Tom. So, um, so I want to I want to get into a couple of things with you. I want to talk about this this faith walk and how God call how you heard God calling you um, towards this. And obviously, your spouse, as in any relationship, is a big part of that. But let's let's back up to the time when you're you're zero through about eighteen, maybe nineteen years old before you came over to the states. You came over on a basketball scholarship. And, and studied at um, Northern. Where was where was God? Where did you feel God was in your life at that time, growing up? Maybe in your high school days. Mm, to be honest, it, it wasn't a part of my life. Um, Australia is a very laid back place, and uh, religion is not a big part of many people's lives. I'd want to say um, it's not that it's a land of atheism or anything like that. It's just, it's not as prominent as what it is here. Yeah. And so did you notice that there was something missing or did you think this is just normal? At the time it would have been just normal, but looking back, I can see it would have been helpful. Yeah. So you met his daughter. Were you religious at that point? No, no. I um, So Hannah was the one that, Dragged me kicking and screaming into church. <laughs> what were your first thoughts, honestly? Uh, honestly, I I had an open mind. And better, not, better not be too honest. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is... Uh, I had an open agree. mind and uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I Yeah, it was interesting at first. The, the first um, thought is there's a lot of standing, kneeling, sitting, standing, kneeling, sitting. It's different, but I enjoyed the liturgy. I enjoyed the word. I enjoyed the stories. And even without Hannah's presence, I would have gone back. Hmm. I think um, it's an interesting thing, as I recall it, and again, my, that's subjective, my memory. But as I recall it, um, as you got closer and you, the two of you became closer and, and you pulled me aside, another story, but how you asked my permission, I'm so honored, to ask Hannah... To marry you, do you remember what my response was at that time? It yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> if you could only see their faces, folks. <laughs> I'll keep it PG. No, he was he was very welcoming. He um he quoted scripture and said that it's important for each one in the couple to be equal 
equally yoked. And I stopped him. I said, I'm, I've been doing RCIA now for, I think I'd been in it for about three months. I had about three months left. And I was, <laughs> Paul said to make sure that I gave it my full attention. He said, even if you don't become Catholic at the end, I want you to give it a red hot go. So that was your response. Um, and at that time, where were you? You were in the middle of RCIA. How were you feeling about the faith at that point? I was in. I was yeah. I was going to do it no matter what. Um, well, Hannah and I were obviously well and truly into our relationship. I was asking Paul's permission to marry her. Um, I had a feeling she was going to say yes, but can't be quite sure. But yeah, regardless of how that went, I was going through with the Catholic process. And I remember as a father-in-law, potential father-in-law, um, you sit there and you go, how do you handle this? You know, this is my first rodeo, if you would. And and I remember saying to him, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to strong arm him into becoming Catholic, but to not be Christian and be in relationship with my daughter wasn't going to work. And mm. and I and I and I prayed to the Holy Spirit just to simply guide to guide Trent towards the outcome God would want. Which I mean, I felt could very well be um, coming into the church fully. But at the same time, for sure having a relationship and uh, a formal relationship, a personal relationship and becoming baptized. Um, and so I think that was about, gosh, was that about six months later or so um, that you came into the church, or when was that? Uh, I had asked you, when was that? That was 4th of July weekend, I think. And it wasn't until the next And it spring. wasn't until the next Easter, yeah. That you came in. Okay, so then let's describe that for a couple of minutes. So as you're coming to an awareness that that you're going to become Catholic with Father Tom's guidance at the Newman Center, describe that a little bit, you know, because that's not an overnight thing. That's a good question. Um, it was almost intimidating. I uh, I obviously didn't have my family there. I looked upon you guys as my family here and still do and I guess that support was helpful and Father Tom was great he yeah I confided in him a lot and I should probably talk to him more (laughs) um tough question I don't know it was it was a calling it was daunting and exciting at the same time um and the day of was exciting and almost a relief when it was done. Mm. Right. What was daunting to you about becoming Catholic? Um, I guess still the unknown of it all and the responsibilities, especially mm. becoming the head of a family and mm-hmm. starting that journey as well as my Catholic faith journey at the same time. We, uh, Some would say we bit off more than we could chew. We also moved to the other side of the world, but... Not that your life has become any simpler <laughs> in America. <laughs> no, we... We've had of... your wife on talking about uh, foster child or foster children, which we can dive into later. <laughs> yeah. We don't do anything in small steps, no. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's been an exciting ride. I mean, I don't know what kind of a ride it would have been had you not accepted Christ and had not accepted his church. But I, I mean, you tell me. I mean, think about the Trent that if you'd have gone on that path versus the Trent that, or the path you chose. It would have been harder to get over hurdles in my life. It's the faith has been comforting at certain times. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and like Heather said, we had your your wife, my daughter Hannah, on about your call to becoming foster parents. You've got three kids of your own. You just had a, a child what five weeks ago, a little Elijah. And I doubt the Trent from Australia, if he stays there or stays, I shouldn't say there physically, but just there spiritually, is going to have four mouths to feed six years into a marriage? Probably not, no. And not with seven years into as it. much uh, comfort. Yeah. yeah. You didn't use the word peace, did you? <laughs> it's not peaceful in our house, no. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Well, we're talking with Trent Zomer this morning. Um, he's married to uh, Deacon Paul's daughter. Interesting story of conversion. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get more in depth. Yeah, how this faith manifests itself now. Yeah, we how talk- do you get from A to B? It's kind of interesting. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have more with Trent. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. As a working mother, I was thrilled to learn about the University of Mary's new online Catholic-infused graduate programs that truly work around my schedule. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. 
You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. Good morning. I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. And we're broadcasting today from the Abbey of the Hills in northern South Dakota. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to enjoy this week of sunshine while it lasts. Yeah, it's supposed to be very interesting. And um, guys are getting the crop in, like we talked with Paul earlier. I know there's a lot of hunters looking forward to this weekend. I happen to live in the great state of Minnesota, and there's a deer, little thing called the deer opener this weekend, and you know, pheasant <laughs> hunting, minor and thing, things like that. Yeah. So. Well, we're talking with your son-in-law, Trent Zomer, and we he's talking about his um, conversion into the faith. He's originally from Australia, moved here, fell in love, became Catholic. We've heard that story many times. Um, one of the things we were talking about was. Um, when you were getting ready to become Catholic, baptized, confirmed, etc., it felt daunting to you a little bit. Exciting and daunting. So now looking back at your journey, has it been as daunting as you thought it would be? No, the opposite. It's helped. Um, there's a certain scripture that I enjoy and Hannah likes it's uh, from Jeremiah for I know the plans I have for you plans for prosper not for harm etc and we have that plastered above our bed and the amount of times I've leaned on that with the uncertainty of moving back to America foster parenting parenting in general it's it's been a comfort it's beautiful yeah even even getting getting a, a good job in the <laughs> tiny town of Ortonville about 2,000 people um, how that all kind of it kind of just fell into place. It was yeah, very again lucky, I guess. Um, you had helped with reaching out to a, several different companies, and the one I ended up with was not one of the ones we'd been emailing with for six months. It kind of just fell into place. Yeah, I wouldn't call it luck. I would call it something <laughs> other than that. So I'm I'm curious, um, Trent, if you did. <laughs> Tread off air was was uh, jokingly complaining about you know <laughs> quit asking me so many open ended questions. That's our job. So with that, Trent, <laughs> give me an give me an idea. Give our our audience an idea about your parents. Now they're back in Melbourne, and um, what are their responses to this this movement of faith in your life? This becoming Catholic and how that's manifested in you leading your family, your domestic church? Um, well, 100% supportive. They always have been of whatever I chose to do. Um, my sister, Jade, she also picked up the cross, so to speak, and became Christian, and that's what she did a couple of years before me. Um, and again, they're just supportive. Um, I don't know that they'll ever join me at mass or anything like that again it's a different lifestyle over there um but again it's not that they're atheists or anything like that but it's just not a part of their lives i i'm glad you talked about their supportiveness because i sure have sensed that too because um going from where you were to where you are i would think as a dad (laughs) uh your dad's name is nick i'd be scratching my head but um they've been both he and Janine have been, I think, terrific 
uh, terrifically supportive to both you and to Hannah and the choices you're making. So now, how do you, how does this manifest itself? I talked about, you talked about how you, you know, this becoming the head of your household and then the, the things that you're doing within your family. But our faith walk isn't supposed to be limited to just mm-hmm. our family. How does your faith walk manifest itself outside the family? Uh, I guess I'm opposite to you and I'm reserved and won't talk to every single person I walk past. But <laughs> in a reserved way, I guess I'm trying to develop relationships with other faithful people my own age. I know we are, we have our men's group and we've had uh, men's Lenten retreats out here and my goal for each of those is to get young men of a similar age to me out to those events so that we can lower the average age by 30 years. <laughs> yeah, you know, I That's forgot so about the, men, the men's Lenten retreat. We had about how many people the last time? For that, it was right before COVID hit. It was like the weekend. It was as Literally. COVID hit. I think we had, I'd say, twenty to thirty. Oh, and I think it was more than that. I think it was like thirty-eight, almost forty. And you were part of the leadership team for that, weren't you? I was. Yes. Uh, your good friend Wade had roped me into that. It seems <laughs> no one else out here knows how to work a computer and project us. So it seems to be my job. And what was your feeling about that? <laughs> how are you feeling about that? <laughs> Looking back, it was fine. It was great. Um, I spent a lot of time with Wade, who was a great, faithful man, and learned a lot from him. Um, I enjoyed it. I'd do it again next year. Yeah. And then your your part in, in the leadership or the, what we call the core team of about eight or nine guys leading the That Man Is You group, which we've had as many as 50 men in our small parish. Wow. Parishes, I should emphasize, it's... It's our surrounding parishes that, that reach over into Millbank and Big Stone City, South Dakota. Madison, Minnesota, Graceville, Minnesota, and, and Ortonville. But what role do you play in that? And how did you, you know, what role do you play? But how did you feel God calling you into that? Uh, I'm like the, again, the video coordinator. I run the computer. <laughs> and uh, last year we were playing a lot of sports highlights over breakfast but this year I've reverted to playing some more Christian music because I was distracting everyone, they were just watching TV instead of the fellowship over a meal um, called to that, again I, you and invited me and I took that up and I think originally I volunteered to cook which looking back I'm really glad you didn't give me that job <laughs> um, well and I think so many times um People shy away from participating or being leadership on some certain things because they don't feel like they're good enough. Well, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. I don't, you know, fill in the blank. You know, they come up with excuses. So, relatively, you're a new Catholic, and people are asking you to take on these leadership roles. Thoughts that go through your head, and how has God provided for you taking on these roles? Again, I just have to have faith that these roles have been given to me for a reason and take it in stride. Um, it's been good. Yeah, it's it's helped me grow. Whether I was strong-armed into accepting those <laughs> roles or not, I, either way, that it's helped me grow. 
You've never regretted any of it. No, never. You know, I'm talking about the, the fabric of even today's even today's um, um, program. Paul Strong was on earlier, and we talked about his dad, Jim. Mm-hmm. He, quote-unquote, strong-armed me into growing in my faith. Now, I had the opportunity to say no to Jim. Mm-hmm. He's a hard guy to say no to. But I had the opportunity, and um, and yet I'm so my life is so much richer having said yes to Jim's invitation. And I hope that's the case with you, Trent. And, um, and I just think it's, I want to underscore something you said that you felt a responsibility or you felt a, you didn't use the word that, but a, a call to develop relationships of the same age. Can you talk to that, to the folks about that? Um, well, I think, well, moving to Ortonville, as you said, a town of 2,000 people, which is generous. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of people my age. There's more coming back, and it's about, I guess, growing that relationship. You need to have relationships to lean on in certain times, and it's good to have people my age with similar beliefs. Yeah. And they don't just appear. They don't just, it's like, ah, uh, poof, it's a... It's a it's a walk it's a walking the walk mm-hmm. with other people, mm-hmm. yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, and I just feel encouraged because I think you know there's a lot of people out there that, yeah, you might be nervous to say yes, but maybe next time, say yes. You never know. I think there's people that are out there that are a they're they're either um, feeling called to do some asking to do. Some of that. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's people that, oh, I don't want to be asked to do anything. I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) But but deep down in the core, they want to. What would you say to that guy that, oh, on the surface, I look like the guy that doesn't want to be asked or to be be called into a deeper... What would you say to that guy? Take the leap. 99% of the time, it all works out. And if not, you'll learn from it regardless. Well, and I love that because... He reminds me a lot of my brother-in-law. Okay. So my brother-in-law is 6'4", you know, you're 6'6", six, six, very tall, and he has a poker face for those people who can't see him. And you wouldn't think that he would be into his faith. But I don't, you know, book by its cover yeah. scenario that I never in a million years would have guessed that he was so involved. Yeah. You just got to ask. You got to ask. You got to, like you said, take a le- little bit of a leap. Yep. I think that's true for a parent. I think it's true for reaching out to another man or another woman. Um, yeah. I think it's true for the big things. It's true for the little day-to-day walks. It's little leaps. It's little leaps. Mm-hmm. It's still small voice that's within us. Well, Trent, thank you. Appreciate it. you. You did just as good as your daughter or my daughter or Hannah. <laughs> maybe maybe better, Hannah. Well, thanks for having me. I She's don't know. He didn't bring any of the kids, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great to have you. Really appreciate it. Um, and and I don't, any closing questions from no, you, Heather? Just thank you for joining us, and thank you for all the work you do, and we'll keep praying for you. Thank you. All right. right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Deacon Paul, we have banter time. Okay. That's right. Host banter. Host banter. And then we're going to talk about the elections a little bit after that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to hear.
You know, a lot of us are tired of it. Very tired of it. But I think it's also extremely important. So, you know, it's one of those things in life, folks. <laughs> it's a big thing in life, and, yeah. and we're, we're blessed to be a part of a country that yeah, so is able to do this. Jason so. Adkins is going to dissect a little bit of the results and help us understand that a little bit more. So, awesome. break. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 